0: Each year, there's usually one movie that people look forward to with bated breath differently than all of the other movies. Now, we've had some bigish movies this year. If you're a geek of a certain stripe, Dune was pretty big and, you know, maybe Matrix Resurrections. But honestly, there's only one movie this year that people are looking forward to more than any other And we're going to talk about that today. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, if you're wondering what this movie is, I can tell you a couple of movies that it's not. It's not National Champions, even though that had a pretty interesting premise. It's not Being the Ricardos, even though... Everybody loves Lucy. That's another podcast for another time, and my uh, my cohort, Bob Hoos, is laughing at my uh, Desi Arnaz impression. No, we're talking about <laughs> Spider Man: No Way Home, and we had the unusual circumstance of Bob Hoos, Paul Ac, and I all having a chance to see it, and the even more unusual circumstance that we really haven't talked about it other to agree on which spoilers we're not going to talk about in (laughs) this conversation and the good news is bob and i have a tendency to wander into spoilers and (laughs) paul shoots us an emperor palpatine like look of death (laughs) where lightning flies out of his eyes no
1: spoilers
0: i am making you the uh the judge of spoilers for this conversation. (laughs) Um, This is such a big movie. There is so much to talk about. We are just going to dive straight in. So why don't we start with the basic story? Because this one flows straight out of the last movie, like almost as if there wasn't a break between the movies. What's going on here, as my Shakespeare professor would have said?
2: Well, for those who have followed the story from the last movie. Essentially, it ends where um, Spider-Man is accused of... Being a terrible yeah, person. Yeah, just, I mean... Murder. Almost destroying the world, you know? I mean, he's... The, all the fingers because of Mysterio's last life message saying... Spider-Man did all of this it's, it was all caused by him and and so it, it the story opens up where suddenly he's a really bad guy and everybody knows who he is everybody knows it's Peter Parker and everybody's uh, thinking Peter Parker is the worst scum of the earth and Peter Parker's got to figure out how to correct his life without upending not only himself you know not being able to go to college or anything else but all his friends and so that's essentially the introductory premise.
1: And, (laughs) thank you for, and let me
0: just say that when we write reviews, Bob writes short ones and Paul writes long ones. And so it doesn't surprise me that the first thing Paul said here is and, and And what Paul (laughs)
1: And he, he goes about doing this by talking with a very familiar character within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. and that Benedict would be Cumber- Dr. Cumberbatch? Doctor Strange, <laughs> yeah, otherwise yeah. known as Benedict Cumberbatch. But It is, but seems it, like he's been in like but 14 a movies. Come
2: on. We're, we're sort of spoiling that. No, 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 on, no, that's, no.
1: That's in the trailers. We're fine. <laughs> okay. He Essentially, he goes over and he says, can we make a spell where everybody forgets that I, Peter Parker, am Spider-Man? Well, actually, no, that's not true. Okay, what happens, Bob? That's not
0: true. This is the best conversation ever. He
2: goes to Dr. Strange and he says, can we erase all this? Can we go back in time? Which makes sense because... Because he had the time stone. Because everybody's been doing all this stuff in in the Avenger world, you know, in that particular universe. Everybody's been saying, well, the only way to fix it is just to go back in... Change it. And so that's what he asked Dr. So Strange.
1: So I, I knew that, but I edited that out because Dr. Strange couldn't do that. So he has to go to another spell. And and
0: so he says pretty much, no problem. I could do that in my sleep. We did it that one time in that one case. And Wong, you don't even remember, do you? And, and, and Wong says, no. And, and Dr. Strange says, yeah, that's because we erased your memory, essentially. And Wong says... It's going to cause problems. Yes. And therein is the movie. And therein is the movie. So what happens next? And we'll go a little bit tippy-toe further until Paul shoots the electrical daggers of death from his eyes. Yeah,
1: we are going to have to get into a few spoilers just to these talk a little bit more These are mild spoilers, about. not big y- ones. These yeah. are mild spoilers. If you've watched the trailer, you sort of have an indication that this is coming. When this spell is cast, it goes awry. Yes, of course. course. All right. And as we if you've been if you've been watching any of the Disney plus Marvel shows, you know that the multiverse is becoming a thing.
0: And it's like a universe only with multi.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You have all these the you have all these different universes that have versions of, you know, I guess superheroes and they all sort of populate these other universes. As the spell goes awry, all of a sudden it cracks open some of these multiverses and some villains from other universes leak into this world. And And
2: previous Spider-Man movies. Correct. Correct. And and let's face it, it's sort of like this. There are a number of shows, and and I, I write for Adventures in Odyssey, and when you're working on a show... Yes, you've got a team of writers that are working, but each individual writer is writing too, and sometimes they take a character or a character arc in a little bit different direction, and at some point, you've got to figure out how to tie all those loose strings back together, and that's essentially what they're doing with this multiverse thing, because if you're a Spider-Man fan from past movies, you might look at it and say, okay, well, they've rebooted this thing three or four times now, and... Is it possible with all these different versions of Spider-Man? And and the people around him. Okay, you've got the the elderly Aunt May in this version, and you've got the sort of hot single not elderly Yeah, (laughs) Aunt May in the other version. And how do you coincide? How do you reconcile all those things? And that's in essence, without giving any real specifics away, that is in essence what they're doing with this multiverse thing by trying to tie all those different storylines together. And you think, how is that even feasibly possible? Okay. Well, I think we have done
0: as good a job as we dare (laughs) trying to set the narrative and aesthetic stage. So now let's put our plugged-in hats on. And of course, when we put our plugged-in hats on, we typically do a couple of things. We like to talk about... What's the takeaway that you can pull out of it that is positive, redemptive, perhaps spiritual? And then what things for families that have younger fans, what do they need to be aware of content-wise that, you know, if fans are young enough it might be like, mm, not so sure about this." The, so let's the, start the sticky webbings, so to speak. The sticky webbings. I love that. Um so let's start with let's start with the big picture themes. What were some of the themes that stood out to you? as you watch this movie?
1: It turns out that this movie takes a really interesting tack, I think, from defeating these villains to redeeming them. We know just from, very
0: close to a spoiler, but I'll allow it.
1: <laughs> we know that a lot of these these villains have some tragic backstories. You yes. know, th- they didn't all necessarily start out as really terrible people, but they grew into that through circumstance, through tragedy, through yeah. lots of different elements. And you have this desire, I think, amongst in, in Ant May, you know, this version of Ant May drives forward the point that these people need help. Right. And I think And deserve for me, a second chance. Deserve right. a second chance. And, and, and
2: that's the thing. In all of the different universes, there were sets of tragedies that had a great impact on the world and the characters. Right. And so this film is raising the question, if those things could be changed, what would the impact be?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that the thing that really struck me was was that idea of second chances, because that is sort of endemic to what we as Christians really believe. We've all been given this second chance. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We're all broken people. And you have these villains are the, the brokenest people that in some ways the MCU can generate. You see these characters, they are not nice people. And They have done terrible things Mm -hmm. and some continue to do terrible things. And yet the big question that the movie asks again and again and again and again, and powerfully, I think, Mm -hmm. is that, you know what? These people are flawed, but what happens if we take them in a different direction? And I love that. Well, I
0: loved it, too. And, and Paul, you can uh, prepare your lightning daggers here (laughs) if I veer too far. One of the things that I liked... Now, one of the things that I loved was that when the opportunity for redemption arises for these villains, some of them are interested in Mm -hmm. taking the opportunity. Some of them are not. Mm -hmm. And some of them kind of look at it with a cold, steely eye and do this calculus. Is it better for me to undo this thing that has made me a damaged monster but be normal? Or is it better for me to stay the monstrous villain with all this power but still be really broken and frankly i think one of the things that makes superhero movies increasingly difficult is we'll call it the thanos problem what do you do to top yourselves you know well we do the eternals right now we have an entire universe that has a creation story like you have to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more powerful and bigger stakes and superheroes with more power this movie actually doesn't do that it actually i mean there's yes no there's fights there's battles Mm -hmm. there's power struggles i don't want to undersell it it's a superhero movie but the core of what worked was the human question of if you get a shot at redemption are you going to take it or are you going to stay in your selfish place where maybe there's some advantage for staying there but there'll be great costs too. Well,
1: and isn't that the way it is with us? You know, absolutely. We just, it we is. just had a devotional actually here, and focus on the family, and focus on the family <laughs> that that talked a little bit about that. How do we really want to be healed? Do we really want to be saved? And I think for some people, that's an honest to goodness question. It seems like it's a no brainer, but sometimes we love the things that we do
0: that are sinful. Well, like Augustine said, "Lord, make me good, but not yet." Right. You know, this idea that I kind of want to be better, but I kind of like being bad. Right. right, right? Exactly. And these in these supervillains do that.
2: And, and in another vein, another thing that I really liked about the film was that it didn't you know, I mentioned that uh, Peter goes to Dr. Strange and says, reverse time, mm-hmm. fix it. And one of the themes that's a part of this is that there is no magical answer. There's no, uh, you don't go to the local magician and have him wave a wand and everything's fixed. <laughs> right. You have to, it's a process that you have to invest yourself in, you have to work. Yeah. at changing things around you and the world around you. And I, I found that to be very, uh, very positive.
1: And again, that's almost spiritual. I think yeah. one of the interesting things, just talking about the movie, is that is that Peter Parker at one point says, I hate magic because it, it messes up so many things. Yeah. And uh, you see that often in these movies, but you also see it in real life sometimes where when we try to fix our own problems without leaning on God, we tend to make things worse. And you see that element here in this movie.
0: That's exactly right. And I think one of the reasons for the prohibition with dabbling with magic and spiritual things in scripture is because it's an attempt to usurp power. It's an attempt to be in control. And God says, I'm the one in control. You're not. Don't mess with this. Mm -hmm. Don't try to contact dead people. Right. Don't go consort
2: with witches. I mean, bad things happen. But on the other hand, he gives us a guidebook. Absolutely. That basically says, you do this and this and this, and things work in a positive way.
0: Well, and and one of the things I wanted to point out in terms of, and we'll segue into what parents need to know, I feel like Marvel is increasingly tiptoeing towards something that feels occult-ish. Maybe not in a literal sense, but... We have Doctor Strange doing these circle spells with runes and stuff. And, and we saw some of that in WandaVision and it's increasingly going in this kind of direction that makes me a little uneasy. And by the same token, we see what happens when that magic goes awry, you know? And so I think the magical stuff here, there are going to be Christian Spider-Man fans who are going to watch that and start to feel a little bit uneasy. I kind of did. people
2: should know that there is quite a bit of it.
0: And there's quite a bit of it. In this film
1: this is sort of one of the reasons So, if I have told these people a lot that when I was growing up my, my parents my dad didn't let me read these comic books and I think that is one of the main reasons why because whenever you start off with superheroes there's an element of the demigod yep. right from the get-go yep. and a lot of these stories incorporate that deeply and, and as this universe gets a little weirder as it gets a little more complex it does get deeper and deeper into those weeds. Mm -hmm. And
0: deeper and deeper into spiritual questions, spiritual problems, and spiritual answers. Um, You know, we talked about Eternals a while back. Eternals posits a totally non-biblical worldview, and we don't need to rehash that conversation. It's in Paul's review of Eternals. You can find out more there at PluggedIn.com. But again, as you get into these bigger higher power battles, it almost necessarily trends in a spiritual direction. And so I think as parents, as we're talking with our kids, there are opportunities to point things in a really healthy and redemptive spiritual way. And there are some other things that I think um, we need to be aware of. And I don't think most kids are going to watch this and go out and buy a book of the occult and start casting spells, but there is that sort of loose vibe to
2: it, um, What are the other content issues that parents need to be aware of here? Well, there's some language, but it didn't feel like, um, like it was as heavy as some of the superhero films out there. There's definitely language in there, though, that they'll have to navigate.
1: It really has. I, I think it, it feels mostly of a piece outside some of these spiritual issues it feels mostly of a piece of what we've come to know in the mcu it has a bit of language that you have to be wary of um it has some harsh language that Mm -hmm. that bumps up into that pg-13 area for sure Uh, but in terms of
2: volume of language it it felt a little bit less to me it does
1: feel a little bit less i would agree with you um the violence, of course, is exactly what you would expect. Right, yeah. There is a Although scene, there are
0: some pretty brutal moments here.
1: Yes, it, it can be jarring because you do have the violence has consequences. Right. The violence has consequences. And Which is not always
0: true with superhero movies. That's really
1: true. Because these superheroes, they just sort of bounce off walls, right? And you see plenty of that too. But but at the same time we know that the stakes are real in this and yeah. that death could happen. Yeah. The other thing that we should probably note is that there was a a scene where um, MJ and Peter Parker go into his room, and there it's it's sort of completely innocent. But, it's totally innocent. but but Peter Parker is changing, you know, into his regular civilian clothes from his Spider Man outfit. Aunt May walks in. And thinks that some hanky-panky is going on and and sort of mutters, you know, just practice safe sex, right?
0: Well, and that's right after she has had a conversation. She has broken up with Happy Hogan, who's another character that's been in some um, some of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And she says something like, oh, it was just a fling. And he's clearly devastated that she's calling off the relationship. But again, I think... This is what Marvel does, I think, with sexual material, is there's sort of a hint of an implication. And it doesn't really go past that, but right. but it's also pretty clear what was being communicated, albeit briefly, right. in those
2: couple of scenes. Right, absolutely. And th- briefly, really... Is true with uh, this this particular situation.
1: Very funny, but I think that it does illustrate sort of the characters that they're drawing here. You know, you have Aunt May who who is designed to be sort of a hipper, you know, swinging single sort of. Exactly, but she also has
2: swinging. She's just not eighty. Yeah, <laughs> but, but she also has... Well, that's swinging, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> there's,
1: there's also this deep um, charitable impulse that she seems yeah, to exhibit. Right. And I think that, that in some ways it may, aside from that, she becomes sort of the moral core to that's, this
0: story. I was going to say that as well. and And we see how, in some ways, she exhibits a moral core that influences peter Mm -hmm. and and i think that ultimately these superhero movies usually come down to morality right when we get past the whiz bang powers and special effects and myriad unceasing explosions and universes being torn asunder with creepy things dripping through onto earth it's about what does it mean to be good right am i willing to sacrifice Am I going to take vengeance? That's another theme that we haven't really even dealt with, but that shows up here as well.
1: Yeah. And not only does it talk about what does it mean to be good, it talks about what does it mean to be evil. You Mm. know, All superhero stories are inherently sort of these good versus evil conflicts. This one, more than I would say just off the top of my head, more than any other MCU movie that I can think of, delves into the idea, what does it mean to be evil? Yeah. Or
2: is is there redemption for evil? Exactly. And I think those are terrific
0: questions to ponder after you see it. They're terrific questions to ponder with your family. I think if you have teen fans who are Marvel fans, go out to eat afterwards, go get a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and have a conversation, not necessarily like this and that we have modeled the perfect conversation, but (laughs) talk about the themes that you saw, you know, where do you see good and evil? How does that influence us in our own thinking? Because we're not superheroes, but, you know, we're. We're people who are influenced by these stories of good and evil, and I think, I think this is one that the problems are relatively navigable for most families, and, and I think there's a lot that we can take away from it. So thank you, gentlemen, for talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, for our second segment today, I am joined by Dr. Danny Huerta, who is Vice President of Parenting for Focus on the Family. Hey, Danny. How are hey, you doing? Hey, Adam.
3: Thank you. I'm doing well. Danny, Thanks for having me
0: on the show. Yeah, Danny is a, a friend, and he's also my boss, so I'm a little bit clenched here, hoping I don't screw up you know, <laughs> interviewing my boss. But I think it's all going to be... It should Just be all right. fine.
3: Yes. We're going to have fun, Adam. Well,
0: Danny, we are very close to Christmas now, and I know uh, as Christians, we know the reason for the season. We know that Christmas is about Jesus. Sometimes our families get a little bit sidetracked by America, and Christmas becomes <laughs> you know, about getting presents, right? Yes, I mean, yeah. I think of all of the seasons, I think it's kind of sad that Christmas is a time when we tend to focus on getting stuff, and we're going to talk about that today. You have a book called Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, and one of the things you talk about there is a concept that uh, I'm going to have you flesh out for us that, that really is about flipping the script on how we find significance in life. So tell me a little bit about these two different approaches to life and how they compare and contrast with each
3: other. You know, when I first thought about this from a counseling perspective, it's pretty interesting to think of these two words. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first one being a consumer. We are so naturally consumers in everything we do Mm. uh, because that's how we're made. We're made to consume. We consume water, we consume food. Uh, But what about relationships Mm. and people? Uh, how about what's around us? We're, we're designed to respond to what is around us. So let me explain first, consumer, what I mean by that. And that is a person that is nice, that does kind things, that does everything they do with people for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's because there's a transaction that's happening between me and you. And now, so there's
0: kind of a tally being kept in our is. minds, right? Yes.
3: Yeah. If I'm going to help you move, I hope that someday you're going to help me move.
0: Right. If, if I'm going to... If my truck... Yes. You better have a truck someday that I can
3: borrow. Or or whatever I come ask of you. Yeah. And then with a contributor, it's this is one we all probably as Christians aspire to, or most of us do, because mm. it's very aspirational. Yeah. And it's about growth and maturity. And that is I'm gonna do something for you simply because I care about you and I love you and I want life for you. Mm. So I'm gonna be nice to you, I'm gonna be kind to you because I care about you. And if you're nice back to me, that's totally up to you. That mm-hmm. doesn't have to happen. There's no
0: strings attached. There's no
3: strings attached. That's what contributor means. And to teach our kids to do that takes a lot of intentionality, mm-hmm. a lot of focus, and just teachable moments along the way to help kids review and, and we'll to kind of look inward. What's happening inside of me? Why did I do that? Why did I serve someone else? And really, it begins to change the worldview and how you see things. And yeah. So it's, it's kind of fun to do.
0: Well, why do you think we so easily fall into consumption? I was joking about America earlier, but it wasn't, it's not really a joke. I mean, what is it about our culture that maybe causes us to default toward consumerism?
3: Really, there are a lot of messages that take us that route, and that is, the pursuit of wanting to be happy. The messages that we hear in advertising and marketing is you deserve this, you deserve the best, you have rights for this, you you deserve happiness. And uh, we are built with dopamine hmm. neurotransmitter um, receptors and dopamine that's juiced out.
0: And that's in our brain, right? That's in
3: our brain. And that's what gets us to go eat. That's right. what gets us up in the morning. So it's a very good thing, it's important. If we didn't have that, we would we would starve to death. Right. And it's just a natural response because we were created to enjoy. It's just balancing it, bringing it back, and figuring out what's in our heart. And do we truly love people hmm. the way Jesus has designed us, the way we've been designed inside of us to be able to do? Does the Holy Spirit love through us into others? And one verse real quick, uh, Adam, is John seven thirty eight that says, Whoever believes in me as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Hmm. That's what we're wanting for our kids.
0: I love that. Well, let's talk about our kids for a minute because our kids are growing up bombarded by entertainment, bombarded by technology. And and even if we've done a reasonably good job in our own homes of of setting appropriate limits and boundaries, lots of people haven't, you know? And so all this stuff is coming at them. How do we help our kids to grow? How do we mentor them? How do we disciple them along this path of becoming a contributor and recognizing where they're maybe succumbing to being more of a consumer?
3: Yeah, it's just helping them see that when you say yes to all this technology and entertainment, you're saying no to something. And they've been created on purpose, with purpose. And what's fascinating to me, the conversations I've had with my kids is you're in a window of opportunity as a teenager. Your brain is ripe to learn and you won't have this ever again. Now, mm. it's not to create uh, Your anxiety Your brain old and, and tired shame, right? like ours are, right? <laughs> That's right. <It's, laughs> I mean, they can learn exponentially faster and deeper than any other time. And uh, so the more they, they spend on devices, technology, entertainment the smaller that window becomes, and they give up that opportunity to learn some big things. So when my son said, hey, I want to become a great basketball player, great drummer, and he had this other list of things he wanted to be good at, Mm -hmm. and yet he wanted to potentially have a phone and texting and and social media, I said, if you say yes to all those things, you're probably going to have to say no to these things. Because it's going God has designed you potentially to contribute with these skills and talents, mm. but you won't be able to discover them if you're just entertained and and mm. life is done for you over here on the technology side. so let's figure out a balance and maybe we need to figure out these clear boundaries that are that really stop you from getting sucked into consuming them because that's how they're designed yeah. I mean psychologists, neuropsychologists designed it to exploit the mind and to get you addicted to it and come back as often as possible and as long as you can. And so being able to have a balance there and then figure out your contribution uh, within the world and within your own home. And mm-hmm. that means chores, opportunities to serve, right? Right. Um, friendships, relationships, conversations, we get to contribute in all of those. And we know that teenagers, sometimes parents are frustrated, mm-hmm. that teenagers won't engage in conversation. Yeah, They're contributors in that. And uh, you're helping guide them in being excited to contribute to various areas of people's lives.
0: I love that. And I I love that in your book you talk about how intentionality is super important in this and um we're coming to a close for our conversation in this segment today uh but I'm I'm reminded of of the words of Spider-Man we just got done talking about the new Spider-Man movie in our last segment and and he said you know the Spider-Man saying is with great power comes great responsibility mm. and we have that as parents right that's yeah. not a a superhero thing and in your book seven traits of effective parenting you identify really some values that if we integrate those in our lives as parents, uh, we can help our kids to become super kids, if I can say that. <laughs> that's right. That's uh, right. We can help them to be mm. different than the world, which wants to, you know, squeeze it into its mold. I think JB Phillips said in his paraphrase of Romans 12. Uh, and so, um, if you have enjoyed what Danny has had to say today, stick around to the end of the podcast, and we will give you more information on how to get a hold of his book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. Thanks so much, Danny. Thank you so much, Adam. Appreciate being with you. Well, now we come to a part of the Plugged In Show we like to call Culture Countdown. In this segment, we challenge ourselves a little bit. We have 30 seconds to tell you, our loyal listeners, something interesting that's happening in the culture that we think you need to know about that has to do with the realms of entertainment, technology, and how those things influence us and influence our kids. So this week... Because I normally pick on these guys so much, Bob and Paul are, are back with me for this. I have bravely volunteered to go first. Bravely. I think it's because <laughs> you That's have
1: right. mine and you're going to use it.
0: It's possible. But uh, if I do, you'll just have to pick another one quickly and uh, quickly. Uh, yeah. yeah. You'll have about 10 seconds. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? I am ready.
1: Three, two, one,
0: Go. Every year, the music magazine Billboard releases its list of the top albums of the year. In the top 200 albums this year, there were no new rock or metal albums at all. Not a single one. But there were a ton of catalog albums, old albums, from Beach Boys, Led Zeppelin. I mean, you can just go down the list. They're all there. And I think it's really reflective of how our musical tastes are changing.
2: And the streaming world. If yes. And throw in my two cents.
0: Well, we can't because Paul gets mad when we keep talking. Oh, that's right. Because I that's never right. let him do that. Never. And he, and he does have
2: do that, that hammer with him. So.
0: He does. Yeah. He does. Plus, he has those Palpatine bolts of electricity. Oh, if only if, if
1: only. if only.
0: They'll be pretty useful, like in small doses. That'd be super. But it cool. might make us evil, too. Who goes next? Paul's going next. I'm going cool. next. <laughs> Are you ready?
1: I am so ready.
0: Three, two, one, go.
1: The literary world lost a titan, what most people consider to be a titan, Anne Rice recently passed away from complications from a stroke. Uh, Most of us are familiar with her interview with a vampire, her Vampire Chronicles series, but she made a turn toward faith at the end, which I think is surprisingly reflective of our conversation today about how you can start in the dark, and move into a lighter place now some of her books on
0: you know paul you got a lot in in that 30 seconds and normally normally that's the end of our conversation (laughs) but I will say having read a number of things about Anne Rice she had a complicated life
1: she had a complicated life and her faith was complicated too yeah Um, there is a lot more to talk about that would take you know, many, many thirty right. second breaks. Um she definitely moved toward Christianity, moved away from Christianity. It's gotta a bit. be over sixty seconds. Oh man, now.
0: On. if yeah. only. If only. Yeah. Well, I'm only exercising my power as the podcast host to grant Overworked. more time because yeah. it's an important story. So and her influence is, was significant. So her
1: influence was significant and now I know how to get more time from you. That's Bring right. something <laughs> truly, truly yeah. complicated yeah. and controversial yeah. Yeah. to Don't, the table.
0: No, this is not a, this is not a template for the future.
2: Bob, are oh, you ready? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine's easy. Oh, good, good. Three, two, one, go. They're bringing the 1980s show that was motivating kids to read back into 2021. Reading Rainbow. Oh, I loved Reading Rainbow. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, of course, you know, it's the updated version of Reading Rainbow. Um, so who knows what will be in there. So we'll we'll keep it, keep track of it, and we'll let you know that, because that's what Plugged In's all about.
1: And Rice novels.
2: What? Reading Rainbow. Oh,
0: Reading Rainbow. Rainbow. See, he did give you some of his time. <laughs> Bob, what? Bob finished in a record 24 seconds, <laughs> yeah. so Woo-hoo. I'll get you like uh, some sort of gift card little later. little trophy, yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Paul's actually going to buy it for you because he used that, next, next week's time, too.
1: This actually really is very typical of how we write reviews. Uh, it <laughs> is. Luce's <Hoose's laughs> short and sweet minds tend he's, to bleed he's, he's a little better, bit more. He's better. Never end. <laughs> <having laughs> just go on. You know?
0: All right. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us to a close. Thank you. And I'm actually going to bring our our podcast to a close today. And we want to say thanks for everyone who's listened today, spending some time with us at The Plugged In Show. Um, What did you think about uh, our conversation about Spider-Man No Way Home? Have you seen it yet? Was it a satisfying movie for you? Did it leave you frustrated? Did it leave you with unanswerable questions about the multiverse? Did it make you wonder... How many different suits Spider-Man has? There are a lot of things that you could tell us about with your response to this movie. And also my conversation with Danny Huerta as well about the difference between having a contributor mindset or a consumer mindset. So if any of that is stuff you'd like to comment on, shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com or just get on Instagram or Facebook and join the conversation with us. We would love to hear from you. And we might even, you know, include what you have to say on a future episode of the Plugged In Show. And we'd also like to say as a thank you for being a loyal Plugged In Show listener today for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of Focus on the Family Vice President, Dr. Danny Huerta's book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. And you'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show, as well as on the Plugged In blog entry for our conversation today. Or if you prefer, just give us a call at 800 A Family. Well, as always, thanks so much for joining us for what I hope was a a terrific conversation for you about Spider-Man today. And we look forward to having you join us next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show.